sit back and relax and enjoy the show because welcome to game breakers everyone your host edwin back in the freaking new year yes sir yo guys guys i, I i'm so glad to share the first episode with you guys my my loyal patrons my, my loyal fans, the people who listen to this podcast, who have listened throughout this whole entire last year and tuned into every single episode, I appreciate you guys. And as you know, new year coming in stronger, better, more consistent. Now, I know what I said before in regards to the last episode of the year that never happened, actually. It was actually the second last episode that I did for that week. That was the last episode of the year. But either way, though, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here, and you still have to hear my voice. But anyways, guys, you know where I'm going with this first. Starting off with the motivational speeches. Yes, 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 I know. Guys, it's a new year. What does that mean? It means that whatever you were working on before in 2022, that should not change how you go about it in 2023. All right? Keep on keeping that that same consistency. Keep on doing your thing. But most importantly... If you have fallen short of your goals in 2022, or if you were sluggish, lazy, and very much not motivated to do anything last year, then this year is a new start for you. Because, guys, it's a new start, and it's a new entire model, a new atmosphere to breathe into. And on top of that, what better year to start than now? I mean, start as soon as possible, man. Start as soon as possible is what I'm saying to you guys. But anyways, enough of that talk because this episode, and as you you have already heard in regards to the tragic news that we have been going through, at least at the time of this recording, um, we're going to talk about something that's that's very sad, very horrific, very tragic, but it needs to be talked about, you know, like it needs to be said. And you guys know Game Breakers does not shy away from any uh, very much controversial topics or saddening topics as well too. But just for the sake of the episode and because of we want to give the most coverage to this topic, we're not going to do the recap for the NFL. What is it, week sixteen or week seventeen? Sorry, uh, uh, for the last week, we're not going to do that this time. We're going to say that for next episode because obviously we don't want to keep on pushing this narrative and this topic towards the later stages of the week. But anyways, yes, Demar Hamlin. What a sad, sad thing to look at uh, last night. So right now it's Tuesday. So happy Tuesday to everyone. Um, and, you know, Tuesday is the first episode. Or is the first day for the first episode of the year, which is another good thing. And I'm actually glad that I didn't record on Monday because knowing how we do the show and the scheduling and whatnot, I would have had to wait until Wednesday to get this out. Which means, oh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe do like a, a surprise episode, or whatever. But either way, though, I'm just glad that it all worked out so that I could talk about it right now because this is some serious business. So, Bills versus Bengals. There's no recap. There was no preview, obviously. There's no game details, no insider footage of what I'm, I looked at, nothing because the game was cut short, obviously, in regards to uh, how it went down in the first quarter. And DeMar Hamlin, 24 years of age a guy that has been playing safety for the Buffalo Bills and has replaced Micah Hyde, by the way, who was injured and in, who came in injured to that game, been doing a solid job. And unfortunately, after making a tackle on T. Higgins, received a sharp blow to the chest area. And immediately after getting up, 
about two to three seconds later, he collapses, which is very sad. Very sad. So for all of you guys that are wondering what exactly happened, like how did that happen? I have the details here in regards to him. So he suffered from cardiac arrest. The specifics of that cardiac arrest is called commotio cordis, which is a cardiac arrest caused by a sharp blow to the chest at the wrong moment. So just imagine your heart beating at a, at a rhythmic way, and then you get a blow to your chest or your heart area in the, the different elements or the different beat that your heart is beating in at that moment in time, if that makes sense. So, you know, one, two step, and then in between that one and two step, you get a blow. That's what it basically is, where you just have a wrong moment time where you get hit that hard. And football is a contact sport, so obviously they're going to be hitting each other very, very hard. And that's what happened here. Um, so more details in regards to that. So the heart is governed by electrical pulses. And if struck at the wrong moment or the wrong millisecond, it can cause ventricular fibrillation, which in, a, in regards to what happened last night, about six seconds to pass out, pretty much six seconds to pass out. He got up, he, he passed out, or at least he collapsed within three seconds. Maybe he passed out uh, three seconds later, I'm guessing. Um, I don't know. But what I do know is that in regards to the heart problems, once that happens, instead of squeezing rhythmically, sorry, it quivers. And that means one thing and only one thing only. It can't pump blood. So once your heart stops, or once it quivers at least, no blood is going through. It drops to zero. And in that moment, you need an AED, which stands for Automatic External Defibrillator, to defibrillate the heart, right? And the good thing about this is that most NFL stadiums, or I believe all NFL stadiums have this, multiple ones too. So, I mean, you have to be prepared for this, right? Like you can't have games where these guys are going full contact, full throttle, full speed, and the possible chance of them hitting each other hard in the chest area and not having anything to be prepared. So until one is provided, as in until an AED is provided, you need to do CPR to buy some time. And every minute delayed in defibrillation lessens the chance of that person living by 10%. So guys, there was obviously uh, a tweet by one of the reporters, I forget who it was, but that reporter basically said that he was receiving CPR because he was not breathing. So they had to do that on the fly to try and save his life, you know, and eventually they got a, him breathing a little bit or had a, had a pulse at least, and then was transported to the local hospital. But a life was on the line there, man. A life was on the line there. And it's sad to say, because I'm just looking exactly how old this guy is and such a nice guy too, apparently compared to like what he's been doing for the community and whatnot and the, the fundraiser that he's been doing. And Credit to the Buffalo Bills fans and the fans worldwide for after seeing him go down and seeing how much he was supposed to raise for his fundraiser, which was I believe it was about like twenty five hundred. It was it jumped up to a, a a bunch. I forget the number, but it it jumped up to a whole lot, a whole lot. So credit the fans for being supportive. And what's most shocking and most saddening is that his family was there. Like they had to watch. Imagine your mom watching you collapse on the ground and you're losing a, a, a pulse and you're not breathing. Guys, this is serious, man. This is serious. And I'm a very religious person. And I think that God is the reason why I'm breathing today. And you guys got to remember, man, if, you, if you're even if you're not religious or not, 
Sorry, if, even if you're religious or not, not religious or not. I'm giving you guys one answer. Yeah. Like, remember, so many people die every day. So many people died last year. It's crazy. You know, and this has nothing to do with football, but I was just touched by how many people passed away in the Buffalo snowstorm. And I was on TikTok scrolling and one and I saw a video of a girl posting her sister who was apparently trapped in the snowstorm and she died in that car. And it just makes you wonder, like, yo, some of these people are very young too. 23 years old, she died. 23. Damar Hamlin, 24 years old. Very young. I'm very close to these people in age. So you have to wonder, man. Like, you have to thank God for your life. Be blessed. Hold your loved ones. It's a tough world out here, man. It's a tough world, and it's so sad the way people go out. And it's very disheartening the way people die sometimes. It really is. And obviously, me personally, I don't have any ties to football at a high level. I don't have any ties to playing at, you know, these these grounds where weather is affected and whatnot, which weather can cause you to get injured sometimes with the snow and rain and whatnot and wind. But sometimes we as fans forget that, you know, aside from the Josh Allens and the Patrick Mahomes and the Joe Burrows who are playing, and we think about these star players, we forget that they are accompanied by 10 more players on that field with them who, you know, may not be household names and may not be as, you may not know them as much as you think you do from the football name perspective, obviously, unless you follow the team at least. But they're football players too. And just like these Josh Allens and these Patrick Mahomes, not trying to compare these two guys, but, you know, or anybody else in the football realm, but they risk their lives. All of them, all of them do. All of them risk their lives while playing the sport of football, you know? So we have to first and foremost remember that they're human beings before football players, and they're living out their dreams, yes. And DeMar Hamlin was living out his dream up until that moment. But they're football players playing on a football field, but remember they're human beings first. And their fathers, their brothers, their sons, and people always get upset about some things like the fantasy football and your player not, not doing well and the betting, even sometimes me in a joking manner, obviously, right? Now I'm not going to really go into detail about that because I don't really try to go crazy or criticize these players for not winning me money, you know, because I know it's tough out there. I know that it's hard to do so. And I'm just betting off of what I think they could possibly do, but I'm not going to be overly upset. I'm not going to come for these guys' families and whatnot because they don't get me money. No, of course not. Or they don't win me points in fantasy football. But the point here I'm trying to make is that we have to realize that these guys do a hard job every day, even in practice, even in practice. So think twice about how you uh, portray football players or any athlete for that matter. You know, it extends to all the athletes playing in the world, too. They're human beings first, human beings first. But think about how you portray them and how you think about them before slandering their name. And, you know, people, we're all, we're all praying for DeMar Hamlin. We're all praying for his family because that was scary. I mean, you look at that scene, you look at his teammates, you look at the other team, the Bengals, the coaches, the fans were there. And <laughs> it, it, you could just tell that it was not a regular injury. It was not anything that we're used to seeing at all, at all. This guy was not moving, you know. And even in the other instances, people were breathing. You know, maybe they'd be upset. I mean, they'd be hurt and they'd be on the ground. 
but they'd be breathing. He wasn't breathing. Very scary. Very, very scary, man. Very scary, I must say. And it just may hope, I hope that that instance changes your view and perspective on football players. I really do. Because we have to start realizing that these guys are very important to our livelihood. They're people. And if you have a good heart, you want them to live. You want them to be prosperous. You want them to do well. You know, fans aside, sports aside, they're people first. And I cannot stress that enough. And I know I've been saying that a lot throughout this whole entire podcast so far. People, people, people. But it's so true. And I'm not sure how many times I got to say it for you guys to get it through your heads on how to view them or to spread the word on how people, other people should view them. But I'll keep on doing that. I will. Because not just about football itself, but you lose loved ones every day sometimes. It's sad. It really is sad. So moral of the story is tell the people that you love that you love them. Tell people that you have had bad history with that you forgive them. Tell people that you haven't talked to in a while that you're praying for them. You know, find God. That's what I'll say to you. Whether or not you're going to follow this or not, I don't really care. You know, I'm just going to give you the word itself. But find God, man. Once you find God, everything else will fall underneath that. And everything else will change in your life. But find God. That's all I can say to you guys, man. I'm not saying that I have found God. I'm, I'm still working towards my relationship with my man upstairs. But, yeah, I do the same if you haven't already, man. Life is too short. Life is too short. Anyways, so sticking on DeMar Hamlin. Obviously, during the game, you have you have people spreading out tweets and messages in regards to love and prosperity and prayers towards DeMar Hamlin's family and himself and the teammates, Buffalo Bills, obviously. But Skip Bayless. So he tweets out something that is really, really considered insensitive to the public. And I'm going to read you guys this tweet because... You know, I made a TikTok before, but obviously I have time now to read it out. So he states in his first tweet in regards to this, obviously he sent out previous tweets too, but this is the tweet that, that kind of garnered the most attention and got people criticizing this guy, giving backlash to this guy. So he says, and I quote, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Oh, gosh. All right. So, first off, I will start off by saying that I am not in support of Skip Bayless in regards to what he sent. I am not supporting Skip Bayless at all. But, however, I will say that I understand what he was trying to say. I understand it, obviously. You know, because it, it, it could be read both ways. It can be read both ways. And in this situation, in this big moment where you're watching the football game and the whole world just pretty much stops. The whole football fan base stops because of what happens to DeMar Hamlin, because we're not used to seeing these kind of things happen on the football field. You have to make sure that your tweets are read one way. That's all I got to say about that, man. You have to make sure your tweets are read one way. You cannot have people guessing. What do you mean by this? I mean, what is he trying to say here? You know, you, you never wanted that to happen, especially if you're a Skip Bayless. I mean, seriously, man. So he's right. He's right in the sense that, of course, 
This is a big game. Bills versus Bengals. Both these two teams are competing for first seed. Both these two teams are competing for home field advantage in the playoffs. And if you know how crucial that means to all three of these teams, the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals, that's a big thing because all of them legitimately have a shot at the Super Bowl. And what better place to play than your home crowd? So obviously, it's a big game. Monday Night Football primetime matchup, it's a big game. And he's also right in the fact that the NFL will find trouble with trying to reschedule a game this late. I mean, there's one more game after this left. One more game. And it's already been confirmed that these two teams will not play this week anyway. So when are they going to find the time to do so? When? That's the question you have to ask. It's a big game. But now that we have this, you know, this young man fighting for his life, who, by the way, the last update I saw of him was that he's in critical condition and he's sedated and he's fighting for his life pretty much. But because that happens, when are we going to find time to play the rest of this game? And, you know, I heard some rumors about the NFL saying that they wanted the game to resume after five minutes of this stoppage and whatnot. That was just if that's true or not, which I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of rumors going on out there. But if that's true, shame, 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 shame. But I heard uh, Troy Vincent, the NFL VP, denouncing that. So, you know, I'm going to believe his word for it, at least. But what I will say about Skip Bayless is that you can't send that tweet. You can't. You cannot, man. You just cannot. Guys, and not just to Skip Bayless, but for anybody listening out there, you got to read the room, man. <laughs> you got to read the room. Seriously. You have to. Because having a tweet written out the way he wrote it, and having people guess what he's trying to say. You know, we have some people who are like, you know, he's not really saying anything wrong. And we have a, a multitude of people saying that he is a disgraceful human being for the way he tweeted. You know? But in this moment, where people are, you know, living off of emotions rather than logic of what he's trying to say, of course they're going to be upset. <laughs> of course they're going to be angry at what you said. Because it seems as if you're putting the game over someone's life, a young man's life. And once again, I will keep on reiterating this. We are not used to seeing a player not breathing on the football field. That's not how, that's like, that's not protocol. That's not protocol. Everything that happened up until him getting to the hospital was, to me, a, a great job of at least getting him there with the CPR unit and, and trying to restore a post and whatnot. That was a great job because, listen, Anything, God forbid, God forbid, obviously, but anything could have happened where it could have took a, a wrong turn, but I don't want to think about that right now. But the point I'm trying to make here is that you don't send that. You don't send that at all. And if you are a Skip Bayless and you have a history, a history of people throwing shade at you, not liking you, criticizing you uh, off of how you speak and the things you say, there's no way you can send anything else aside from, and I quote, Prayers up to DeMar Hamlin's family, period. I hope he pulls through and keep on fighting, bro. We are here for you. End of, end of discussion. Like, how, why is that so hard? Why is that so hard? And you're tweeting on Twitter. Twitter can get you canceled for anything. I could tweet on Twitter, I hate bananas or apples or whatever. And people would be like, why you hate bananas or apples? What's wrong with you? Are you weird? And then the next time I go and tweet, something <laughs> they're going to make the, that original tweet that I had before viral 
the next time I go and tweet, they're going to say, this you? That the banana slash apple hater? You know, I'm just saying, like, Twitter can cancel you for a lot of dumb stuff. You know, in this case, it's not dumb at all because, you know, him sending that tweet is, is very insensitive. It really is. It's very insensitive. You cannot do that. You got to make sure that your words mean what you mean. And in this situation, it can be read both ways for me, and that's a problem. That's a big problem to have. And a guy of his stature, a guy with his platform, should not be making those mistakes. Should not be. And you can tell that he had a little bit of remorse, guilty feeling afterwards. Because after that, he came out with a tweet saying that nothing is more important than that young man's health. That was the point of my last tweet. I'm sorry if that was misunderstood, but his health is all that matters. Again, everything else is irrelevant. I prayed for him and will continue to. And you guys, if you watch Undisputed today, you could also see while he's there by himself, apparently, that he's giving LeBron James props. And this guy never gives LeBron James props. He never does. <laughs> like, he never does. LeBron James dropped a 43 double-double, a 43-point double-double last night, right? And you would think that with Shannon not being there, this is his time to go crazy. This guy says all the most positive things about LeBron James. And we know that's not Skip Bayless. We know it. So, yes, off of all that and off of all the backlash he received from his tweet, you can tell that he felt guilty about it. He felt guilty. It is what it is. But you got to play the room better, man. You got to. Even if you feel that way. I mean, if you know Skip enough, I don't really know him personally, but off of the way he speaks, off of how he carries himself, and off of what he said before in the past, I can surmise that he doesn't really care about what people think about him. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's a guy that is, and I respect him for that too. He has a lot of confidence in himself to the point where he gets paid to speak on TV and he gets all this backlash towards him, sometimes towards his family. He does not care. <laughs> he does not care. He will continue to say whatever he wants to say. And it's, it's every day with him too. You think that he, you think that a normal human being or the average human being wouldn't get tired of receiving backlash after you tweet every time that LeBron James plays and has a quote unquote bad performance in your eyes? You don't think that human being would break? He probably would. She probably would. But Skip Bayless never breaks. Never breaks. You know. So it, it's still to me the wrong decision on how you went about it. You got to word your words carefully and. As I'm growing in this field, it's it's a it's a lesson to me that I should never ever say anything that I know can tick off people, or I should never write anything that I know can be misunderstood, even if I think it means clear as day to me. Clear as day. Because Twitter is a dangerous place. <laughs> it is a dangerous place. And on top of that, you know, in a time like this where people are running off of emotions, you have to watch what you say. To me. Less is better. As less is best. Less words is better. All right. Prayers up to the Mar Hamlin's family. Keep on fighting. That's it. What's hard about that? <laughs> what is hard about that? Seriously, I don't get it. I do not get it. But anyways, guys, this has been it's been a, a tough, tragic event to to watch, and I haven't really received any updates in regards to his health. But as always, the prayer is still the same. Keep on fighting, bro. Keep on staying here with us. God is going to have a plan for you. He already has a plan for you. And keep on fighting. That's all I got to say. And the family, stay strong. Because right now, 
you need you need to stay strong for him. You need to. He needs you to stay strong for him. We all need to be strong for Demar Hamlin right now. It, it's that serious, you know. It's that serious. Um, and not just Demar Hamlin itself, himself, but just for any loved one that is fighting for their lives. Stay strong. Stay strong, because you have to believe that they will pull through. You have to. You have to believe. But anyways, guys, let's move on with some other football talk. Um, I saw this tweet in regards to the Giants, who have just clinched the playoff spot last week against the Colts in a blowout fashion. I saw that the Giants are planning on offering multi-year deals to both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley this offseason. Okay, so you know what's funny? Normally, I would dismiss this idea because of the history. Daniel Jones has been a turnover machine. He has been putrid. And bad up until maybe last year where he was decent, but not the best. This year is probably his best year, but it hasn't really looked that greatest either. Okay. Saquon Barkley. Of course, I was wrong with the idea that he's not a top 10 back uh, when he's healthy. Because I was under the assumption that even if he is healthy, he had lost a step for me. Like he had no, didn't really have that, that same explosive touch to himself that made him who he was his rookie year. And because I thought that other running backs were getting better and were producing more and are being more utilized in different offenses, they had the edge over Saquon Barkley. But I was wrong about that too, <laughs> you know. Um, but he also had injury issues as well too. So I would I would just be like, you know, I'm not really feeling these kind of moves. But for right now, for what it's worth, starting off with Daniel Jones, you look at that QB market. There's not many great names out there. It's not. It's not. So one, one, you are too far in draft position. Like you are around the 1920 draft slots to draft a QB. Now, maybe if you want to go and trade up for a QB, you do that. I don't know. But for right now, as it stands, you're a little bit too far. And there are a bunch of teams, a bunch of low life teams that need a QB right now as, as we stand. So I don't know about that. But Daniel Jones has found something under Brian Dayball. He has. Brian Dayball has come into the New York system and single-handedly changed the entire culture, the entire organization around by his play and by his coaching schemes and methods. And he has changed Daniel Jones into a sloppy, um, mistake-prone QB to being a competent well-versed QB that can get the job done that do do what you gotta do don't make the big mistake and we should have a chance to win the game or we should have a chance to make some other plays to win the game you know and so far when you look at the QB market I'm not gonna go through the names again but I think he's definitely top five right now in that aspect seriously Daniel Jones Tom Brady Derek Carr possibly Aaron Aaron Rodgers Geno Smith that's about five QBs there Daniel Jones is hovering around that that five spot, that five, six spot, whatever. But the point is, is that he has found something and it's been working. It's been working. So why change it? Why don't you ask? Because you look at the entire team this year, and from top to bottom, there is some talent on the Giants team. But did they win these games off of their talent or off of good coaching and some of their best players, Saquon, the kicker, Graham Gano, <laughs> and Daniel Jones making a couple of plays here and there. Did they win off of those guys? You know, that's the question I have to ask you people. I think it's the latter. They won off of 
coaching. They won off of Saquon. They won off of field goal kicks. Being smart. That's how you win football games. I'm not mad at it, but I think that when you have that philosophy working for you right now as it stands, and next season, next offseason at least, depending on what happens in the po- in the postseason for the Giants, um, you made the playoffs, which is a great thing, so you're riding high. You have some momentum building into next year, and now you have the chance to really build this team. You have the chance to add some type of pieces, some type of players who can give the most, who can cover up some holes that left you vulnerable this year that you still find a way to overcome. That's what I'm talking about here. And for Saquon's purpose, you know, he's the best player on the Giants for a reason. Best player by far. Maybe you could you could argue for Dexter. You could argue for, um, I don't even know, to be honest. I, I don't think the Kevin Thibodeau is that, that. He's not the best player right now. But maybe you could argue for Dexter. But Saquon has single-handedly ran them into victories this year. Single-handedly. He made plays that were supposed to be going for seven yards. He made those plays go for 40 yards. So he's that valuable. Now, yes, the injury history still scares me. It does, of course. So I'm not saying the Giants should break the bank for any of these two guys. They shouldn't. But I I would definitely be, uh, I I would give the chance to bring them back. I would. I would. I I would give them the chance to prove himself again. Which, you know, I wouldn't give him like a one-year prove-it deal, but the multi-year, it's not that bad for me. Maybe two more years to see how we can go far. And then after those two years, then we reevaluate our standing and see if we can still win the games with these two guys on the field with us at all times. That's how I feel like it. And as long as Saquon stays healthy, he's a threat. As long as Daniel Jones stays healthy and continues in the system with Brian Dayball, he can develop into being a threat. He already is with his legs. So if he has these, this scheme where it enhances his passing and he gets better receivers, I mean, look at the receivers he's going to this year. Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James. They even bench Kenny Galladay. Like, what the hell is that? So he, he virtually has nobody. Nobody. Offense line has still, for me, one starter. Andrew Thomas. Everybody else is expendable or can go. You know? So that's important. That, that is very important. And looking at the Giants' future, in the near future for me, I would definitely keep Darren Jones. I would. I would keep Saquon Barkley too. Again, I'm not breaking the bank for any of these two guys, but I would keep these two guys in the near future to see if we can still win games and keep the same coaching, obviously, and believe in the project that Brian Dayball is instilling in these players. Let's move on. So not much to really go into for the other topics. I just want to give you guys an update on some of the things I saw last night in basketball, in the basketball world. Obviously, we had a 54-point game from Klay Thompson, which was ecstatic. The Warriors ended up winning an OT against the Atlanta Hawks off of a tip or like a putback layup by Kevon Looney. That was that was great. But the biggest scoreline or the biggest biggest performance, Bam Adebayo, 31 points. I'm just joking. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, 70 plus 71 points, became only the seventh player in NBA history to score 70 plus points in a game as the Cavaliers won a thriller at home. And obviously, we cannot denounce this guy, the Rose, and his efforts for 44 points, but it didn't matter though. It wasn't the storyline, it wasn't the whole narrative, the whole headline. The whole headline was Donovan Mitchell. And the quick 
synopsis I have of Donovan Mitchell is he's a game changer. He is. So any team that was in the running for him, Miami Heat, New York Knicks, I'm not saying he dropped 71 points for you on your team, but I'm saying he's a game changer. He's a game changer. And he instantly has made the Cavaliers a threat, a contender. Guys, I'm telling you, a contender. The Cavaliers, to me, give the same kind of feel for the New Orleans Pelicans. They're not as complete as a team as the Pelicans are. They're not. But great defense and great scorers on that team or a great scorer on that team can take you a lot of places, a lot of places. And Donovan Mitchell single-handedly brought his team back in the deficit to win that game. Now, obviously, the defense did not show in that last night game. I mean, giving up 134 points is not great defense at all. But you know what I mean here. You know what I mean here, okay? Donovan Mitchell is a guy, once again, that can take over the game at any point, at any point in time. You just give him the ball. Everybody move the F out the way. (laughs) Everybody move the F out the way. Get him some space to create his shot and to get a bucket while we're down 17 or down 20 or down 12 or down 10 or down 5, down 1. It don't matter. It don't matter. Get the F out the way. And when you have a great defense, to me, like the Cavaliers do, this team can get stops. And then on top of that, when it comes down to the clutch moments, you have D. Mitchell on your team. You have Darius Garland, who is developing into a nice, good option, scoring option for the team. I'm not sure how he would be if he would continue the season again by himself as the lead scorer. But he has a running make now. And this team looks much more dangerous, much more dangerous. 71 points is no slouch, no slouch. When you have, I mean, I I hear Kyrie saying that he was playing Call of Duty with D. Mitchell earlier that day, and he could tell that he was locked in. Okay, LeBron. I think that everybody over here is talking about LeBron James, and they are now adopting the principles of LeBron James now. It's too much. But you could just tell that this team means business when you have a guy dropping 71 points. (laughs) <laughs> 71 points is not an easy thing to accomplish so anyways i just wanted to give you guys some light on that donovan mitchell is a stud and you put him on the new york knicks i'm not going to dispute how great of a player or how great of a season Jalen brunson is having for the new york knicks right now he's playing really well for them and they are playing much better than they have last season right now as it stands so yes that still is a good move for them but you add donovan mitchell to that max You add him to the mix. Now you have another score, another problem, you know, and then you add Donovan Mitchell to the Miami Heat. I'm not sure who you give up, probably Tyler Hero, whatever. At least when those rumors were having their their biggest uh, attention in the offseason. You add D. Mitchell to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, oh boy. Are we definitely a mid-table team after that? I don't think so. Contender contender i've been saying it for a while now donovan mitchell goes anywhere he makes them a contender he does he does because of what he can do on the right team definitely a poor team he makes them a better obviously but he also gives them a shot i think he's he's that good i think he is that good so we'll continue to monitor the cavaliers and see how they play over the course of the season but right now they're looking great great guys anyways Guys, what a start to the New Year's. Not a great start, obviously, because of Hamlin's uh, safety and his health right now. Yes, we are still praying for him, and, and I'm hoping that he pulls through. I really I really am. I really am. Because I, I hate to see 
some of these young people just go away like that. It's, it's so annoying and so sad to see, you know? It makes you wonder, like, why me? Why am I, like, what are they doing wrong in life? Why, why? But everything happens for a reason and God has a purpose for everyone. But anyways, guys, keep on doing your good work. And yes, it still is a new year, a new year. So if you haven't already, get your priorities in order. Get them straight. Because if not then, when? If not now, when? Come on now. Get it, get it together. Get it together. Guys, we are out.